Hello, hello, and welcome, everyone. This is episode five of this short series on my new movie framework. Oh, I'm so excited because we are finally getting to the thing that we ultimately want, <laughs> but we have to have all the other stuff in place before we can get it. That's kind of the secret of today's episode. So where have we come from? Well, we started with mindset, and then we focused on outcomes, visibility, and implementing all of the four core systems in your business. And once you have done that, now you can expand your impact. That's the E in the movie framework, expand your impact. So the principle here is that once you have your system working, then you can expand your impact. I see this time and time again, uh, and I am a perfect example of doing this the wrong way in the past. Too many creators try to be everywhere at once. They try to be everything for everyone, and it rarely works out that way. So it's better instead to start with a small niche of people who already overvalue what you do, then build out all of the systems, your visibility or content system, your lead generation, your engagement, and your product ecosystem, and have them all generate the outcomes that you set at the beginning. So you want your content to be generating prospects and your lead gen to be generating leads, your engagement to create customers, and then your product ecosystem to create clients in the long term. And that is the business system that we're creating with this movie framework. At that point, once it's all built out, then you can expand your impact. You can grow your audience, create new products and services, and more that we'll talk about in this episode. So there's a couple of mindset shifts that I want to lead off with because there are creators out there who have done seven figures with just one or two products. So if you're like me and you find it really easy to create products, like I've written a book and created a community and have courses and have consulting and coaching products and offers, like those are the things that are really easy for me to do. And so I tend to default to building more stuff. But the reason it doesn't turn into more revenue is because I didn't have the system leading up to those products and offers. And so it's not a build it. If you build it, they will come scenario. It's very much a once your system works, then you can add to it type thing. So if you're like me, then your focus for this episode is to build out the rest of the systems and have a full business before you build more products. But on the flip side, if you have built an audience, but your revenue is lacking, then what that means is you're missing the systems that pull prospects out of your audience and help them to become leads and customers and clients and generate revenue for your business. So all of that work has to happen first, and it really is dependent on what type of creator you are. Are you a product first or an audience first creator? And it it's okay if you're either one of those things. I'm not going to try to tell you you have to be audience first, but I will say you need to have audience. It doesn't necessarily have to be first. I generally think it hap it works easier if you start with the audience and let them inform the products and services you're going to create to help them, but not everybody works that way. And if you have products, then you can just build out the other parts of your system, your content and your lead gen and your engagement to generate prospects and leads and customers and clients from that audience that you're going to build. But again, all of that work has to happen first. You need the complete system. That flywheel needs to be turning and turning and turning. That's really hard to do if it's missing a piece here or there. So now 
If you have that, and again, if you need clarity on where you are right now and what systems are working, what systems are not existent yet, go and take the free scorecard at scorecard.craftsmancreative.co and all those systems, you want them in the green, meaning that they're generating the outcomes that they're built for. Then and only then are you ready to expand your impact. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about how to do that. I've got three ways for you. There are certainly more than these three. This is not an exhaustive or complete list, but these are three that I've used that others have used to expand their impact um, when they're ready to do so. Again, and I'm going to keep repeating this today, I recommend that you do this after your full business system is built. If you try to do this too early on, if you start out with trying one of these three expansion frameworks, it's just going to be so much harder than if you already have a business in place and then you're just adding more fuel to the fire. It's so much easier to make a flywheel go faster when it's already moving than trying to get it to start from scratch or if it's going in reverse. Okay, so here are three ways that you can expand your impact. The first one I want to talk about is platform expansion. So if you are currently on maybe one or two platforms or the bulk of your audience is on one or two platforms, then you can expand out to other platforms. This is especially easy now with short form vertical video. This is a thing that's just happened in the last few years where one piece of content can go viral or can reach an audience on multiple platforms. You've got YouTube shorts and Instagram reels and Facebook reels and um, TikTok, and you've, you can even post them on Twitter and LinkedIn. I've seen them work well on those platforms just as well as they work on these other platforms. Now, certain platforms are much better for discovery and virality. You've got YouTube and um, TikTok, especially, and Instagram Reels that'll surface content from creators that you don't follow uh, based on your habits, based on what you are consuming. And those algorithms are very valuable for creators who are trying to reach a broader audience. But the reason I say don't do this at the start is because if you don't have a business that's pulling people from that new discovery audience into your platform and to your system of engagement and product ecosystem, well, you can get a million followers and have no revenue. And we don't want that. That's that's bad system building, right? So you can post across multiple platforms without much effort. If you're blogging, consider adding Medium. You know, you can bring in extra revenue. I know people who are doing a thousand, two thousand, three thousand a month in extra revenue from the Medium Partner Program. Um, and have a lot more people coming into their email list because they put a call to action at the end of a Medium article. It's literally just copy-pasting your blog or your newsletter to Medium so you don't have to create new content. You can do it in a few minutes, but you're now able to reach a broader audience by adding another platform. If you're podcasting, uh, if that's your core content, consider cutting up snippets into audiograms or videos and posting them across different platforms. The same kind of idea with short-form vertical video. You could use audiograms that are square or vertical and you put them on your social media platforms to get more awareness for your core content piece of your podcast. Now, ideally with this um, approach, you would not be doing this yourself. So you would find a virtual assistant or a contractor or otherwise outsource this work. So build some templates and create some systems that could be handed off and implemented by someone else. Because the last thing you want to be doing is spending two, three, four times as many hours on content 
which is not the highest leverage part of your business and taking away from the time that you could spend on creating product or um, working with people or delivering on product, things like that, the places where you have higher leverage. So find someone else to do it for them, create a system and hand it off and start with just one at a time. So before um, you add two, three, four platforms, do one at a time and build it up before you add another one. I would aim for honestly 10,000 followers before you add another platform. That's why you only see me on like Twitter and LinkedIn right now, because I can post through Typefully to both platforms. So it's one post and it just gets distributed to two places. Um, I probably should add, you know, Facebook or something like that as well, but it's too much effort and I don't want to try to keep up on three platforms and all of the engagement and the comments and the replies and DMs and stuff on multiple platforms because I'm just one person. Until I reach kind of a minimum viable audience of 10,000 or more people and have a system where that's growing consistently month after month, I'm not going to add Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all these other platforms. You probably won't ever see me on TikTok unless I hire some company to take my short form video from my podcast and turn it into vertical video that could be posted multiple places. But that's a ways out for me. So that's platform expansion. You can expand your impact by reaching more people on multiple platforms. So that's number one. Number two is expanding your audience. So if you don't want to add another platform, this is kind of where I sit right now. Or if you don't want to add a team to run your social media, then it's about expanding your audience where you already have an audience. So there's nearly limitless (laughs) expansion opportunities on these platforms. You look at the biggest creators and you're talking about 100 million followers or subscribers. Um, That's insane. Most of us, I would dare say all of us do not need 100 million subscribers or followers in order to be successful. I've built three six-figure businesses with audiences of less than 3,000 people. So it's certainly possible to have a business without having a huge audience um, on a social media platform. But if you really love Instagram or YouTube or podcasting or Twitter and you don't want to add another platform, then it's just about finding more of the right people to add to your audience. I know plenty of people who have grown from 1,000 to 10,000 to 50 to 100 to, you know, now they're looking at four or 500,000 followers and they're still only on one or two platforms. So it's certainly possible. And, you know, these individuals, these creators are now doing seven figures as a one person creative business because they expanded their audience. That was the only approach they took. They didn't expand to other platforms. They simply just focused on and doubled down on building an audience on the one or two platforms. So personally, I would focus on growing your email list first and foremost. There is more value in an email subscriber than a social media follower. Um, Statistics are generally in somewhere in the 18% or 18 times rather to 40 times more valuable than a social media follower. So your audience of 1,000 email subscribers is more valuable than an than a social media audience of 20 to 40,000 people. That's kind of bonkers. But I've proven it myself with my small audience and at building these six-figure businesses. So as you build out email first, the more people on your list, as long as you maintain a consistent high open rate, the more people will see your content and your calls to action each week, and you're able to drive 
more clicks to your offers and services, which means you have more demand, which means you can raise your prices or sell more. And if you've got that full product ecosystem built out, you got people visiting that every single day, deciding whether or not they want to buy. Now, what's a consistent high open rate? Well, 50% plus is ideal. 40% is great. If you dip below 40%, I would go and check on, okay, who's coming into this audience and how engaged are they? Do I need to clean the list a little bit? Like, do you have, you know, if you're sending an email out to 5,000 people and 3,000 of them are not opening the email, maybe you should just clean your list, meaning unsubscribe them or send them through a cold follower re-engagement sequence or something like that, where you could say, look, if you're not enjoying this content, um, I don't need to pay to have you on my list, <laughs> right? Uh, you don't say it in those words, but you basically say, look, if you're really here, then be here and engage with it. And if not, then, you know, let's part ways and remain friends. But doing that, you know, for me, I dropped um, just below like 50% open rates and went and cleaned my list and found 750 people that were not opening my list. And it went back up to, you know, 52, 53% for the next email that I sent out. I'm about to do it again because after um, adding a few thousand subscribers over the last few months using some partnership programs, my uh, open rates have dropped a lot. So now I'm going, oh, maybe I should pause that and figure out what's going on and get that open rate back up to 50% because you drop it to 30 or 20 or 10% and it's a very unvaluable asset that you've built in your email list. So keep it around 50% and grow it from there and just check in every couple of weeks or a month and make sure that you're maintaining that high open rate. As far as audience on social media, you can reach more people on social by driving, diving rather, into courses and content from people who are teaching how to grow on those platforms. I'm not one of those people. I don't focus on, here's how to build your Twitter audience, but there are plenty of people who do. So I'll add links to a few courses that I've taken and benefited from over the years, but they're specific to Twitter and LinkedIn. I haven't been focused on growing on YouTube or podcasts or um, Instagram or meta products. So that's not my jam, <laughs> but there are plenty of people who will happily sell you a 50 or 150 or, or even more, uh, course on how to grow on those platforms. Ideally, you look at the people who have really succeeded there. So look at, you know, YouTube, look at part-time YouTuber Academy from Ali Abdal or people who are doing similar work, right. Or have a similar approach or came from that ecosystem. For example, I have no idea how to help you as far as Instagram and Facebook and uh, uh, TikTok. So I apologize if that's <laughs> where your audience is. I guarantee there are people who will happily sell you a course on how to grow on those platforms. So that is the audience piece. Either expand your audience on email or expand them on social media. Ideally, you're doing both. If you're, I would not just expand your audience on social media unless you've got the email engagement piece in place and you can pull people from there get them into your content framework and start turning those audience people into prospects, leads, and customers. All right. So one more for you, the partnerships piece is the third one I want to talk about. So you, again, you've got platform expansion, audience expansion, and now you've got partnerships. And I love partnerships. Um, it's something that I've already used in my business to create massive revenue. Um, Partnerships could be as simple as going on someone's podcast and promoting your business. That is a form of a partnership. Um, you are partnering for an hour 
to come together, create a product together, which is an episode of a podcast, and you're going to help with distribution and they're going to help with distribution. You're bringing your brand to their company and it all works. So in that, what I just said, there's three pieces to successful partnerships. And that's what I want to cover to kind of give you an overview on why some partnerships work really well and why some kind of flop because they don't have all three of these pieces. So let's talk about expanding your impact through partnerships. To me, honestly, I think this is the biggest one. Now that you have a valuable business with all the systems in place, you actually have a lot to offer to other partners. So there are three kinds of partnerships. And when you reach out to people, you want to make sure you're only asking for one type of partnership, not multiple. Here's what I mean. You have brand partnerships, you have product partnerships, and you have distribution partnerships. And what I see happen a lot is that people go to a bigger creator and without realizing it, they've asked for all three. They've said, hey, I'd like to create a product with you. And I want you to help promote it. So they're the distribution piece. And because they're the bigger of the two um, companies or brands, that's the brand piece. And so they're going to them and they're saying unconsciously, I need you to do all three, brand, product, and distribution. And I will help a little bit with the product, but I don't have a big list. So I don't have distribution and not a lot of people know who I am. So I don't have a big brand. So you're really carrying all the weight there. Now that type of partnership can work if you're bringing something to the table on the product side or if you're doing the bulk of the work and you're just having them share it or put their name on it. Um, but I wouldn't recommend asking a partner or potential partner for more than one piece. So if you ask someone to create a product together, for example, but they have the bigger brand and the success is reliant on their distribution, you're just asking for a lot. It's possible, again, but it's not recommended. So let's talk about these three pieces and how they work in as far as partnerships goes. So the brand piece is the face, the celebrity, the name that's going to be attached to this partnership. Um, if you look at, for example, Mr. Beast has a great brand in Beast Chocolates or Mr. Beast Chocolates, right? So he put himself as the brand. He already had a brand in place, and he went out and made a stellar new product and put his face on it. And all of a sudden brand was in place. You know what? He also had distribution with his YouTube channel. Um, but we're going to talk about that example a few more ways. So the brand is the face or the name or the celebrity that's going to bring some awareness and some recognition and some status to this partnership. The second one is product. So that's the thing that you're making. That's the new podcast or the course or the business or the event or the product, right? It's the thing that you're making. So going back to Mr. Beast chocolates, you've got Mr. Beast who has no background in making chocolate. So what did he do? Well, he went out and he found uh, the right partners for the product. And he created a chocolate bar that arguably is tasty. I actually haven't tried it yet, but I see it in all the stores now. And I've seen lots of reaction videos where he's got people trying it for the first time they go, wow, this is actually surprisingly good. So he created a really solid product. He went out and found a partner who could create a high quality product that he could put his brand and his distribution on. And notice he just went to them for one thing. He didn't work with the product maker of the chocolate for distribution. He went to different um, other partners for that third piece. So that third piece is the distribution. That's how you reach the intended audience. 
Now, he's self-distributing a lot of it, right, in that he's promoting and doing marketing on his existing channels and his existing events and on his social media profiles. He's talking about the product. Um, you, you're probably thinking, wait, he's done this again with Beast Burger. Yeah, he did the exact same thing. He found a product and then found distribution, but he also needs the actual physical distribution for these products. So he found other partners who could help with the distribution, the physical distribution of the product that he created. So he needs people who can put his burgers into bags and ship them to people or, or have DoorDash pick them up, right? So he created a distribution network of restaurants to create the uh, product of the Beast Burger and they were distributing it for them, which is pretty cool, right? I had a friend, a brother actually, brother-in-law, who was working at Buca de Beppo, which is an Italian restaurant, and a big chunk of their revenue every single day was making beast burgers in their in their restaurant. Now, no one in the front could order them. They weren't on the menu, but in the back of the house, in the restaurant, they had a whole section set up to just basically churn through making these burgers, and then they'd put them on a shelf, and DoorDash would come pick them up and go distribute them, right? And they brought in thousands of extra dollars a week doing that as an Italian restaurant, right? <laughs> so pretty smart. Same thing with his chocolate bars. He's got them into grocery stores and gas stations and all these things. He's got distribution for the physical product. So you need all three to have a successful partnership. Now, you can do this for your own products. You can find an influencer to partner with to add the brand element. You can find a channel to promote your product on to get more distribution, right? And if you've already got the product and it's valuable and it's selling and it's got good reviews and feedback, well, you've already brought that piece to the table. Now you just need the other two. So let me start sharing some examples of how this came together in my own experience, and maybe you can apply that to a product or a service that you have or a product partnership that you're trying to think through. Um, I did this recently for my Craftsman Creative 10K Challenge at the beginning of 2023. So I knew that I had the product taken care of. I was going to handle the creation of the event. I had it all hosted on circle.so. It was inside the community that I had already built and I knew how to create video product, right? So I could hit record, and capture all of it, turn it into something that I could then sell. So the product itself was ready to go, but I needed the other two pieces. I needed distribution and brand. So what I did was I reached out to a few key people of influence like Daniel Priestley, Rob Lennon, who is just crossing 100,000 people on Twitter in like a year, <laughs> which is insane. And then my friend Haley Berry, who has a big audience on Instagram, to present at this event. So I knew that I needed to bring in more people, not just myself, because I wasn't a big enough brand to get 20, 30, 50 people to this event. So that was the brand piece. And then I used my existing audience of um, social media and email and those already in the community. I set them up as affiliates to help promote the event. So I incentivized them to partner with me on promoting and distribution. And then, because I needed even more than that, I found sponsors, some who came in for money. They basically said, here's 5000 to be a title sponsor, or here's 1000 to sponsor one of the sessions. But I also had sponsors came, who came in, and ex, uh, instead of a transaction, a monetary transaction, the partnership agreement was that they would promote the event to their audience. 
right? So I would give them promotion in exchange for distribution, and they knew that it was a solid product and that the audience was going to be aligned with the people that they're looking to serve with their business, and it worked out great. So instead of me reaching my audience of call it three to 5,000 people across all the platforms, I was now reaching tens of thousands of people between the brand partners and the distribution partners and sponsors and affiliates. So that's why it worked. And that event was successful. It was profitable for the first time ever doing an event like that. Gosh, it was a lot of work, but it was me and a friend who did the entire thing. So I didn't have a big team. I didn't have a lot of overhead. It wasn't a physical in-person event and it worked out just fine. So this um, framework works especially well with new products. So when you are thinking about uh, creating a new business or a new product or a new offer, partnering with other creators who can make the product itself more valuable is really smart. And it's a great way to expand your impact. So a recent example for this, I did this with the 10K Creator podcast with Joe Polizzi last year in 2022. I had the idea and I knew that I could create the product. So I have a lot of experience creating video podcasts and video recordings. I knew that I could do the rec- handle the recording, the editing, the assets for social media. I could handle all of that stuff. But I was really asking Joe Polizzi, my friend, to do two parts. I needed his help not just with the brand piece, him being a co-host would be the brand partnership, but I also needed a lot of help with distribution. But strategically, I went to him and said, you can have this product to increase your distribution for your existing podcast. So instead of creating a brand new podcast on its own feed, the pitch was, let's put this on your existing feed. We'll start with two to 3,000 listeners on the very first episode, which is a huge win, and it's going to increase the value of your existing property so you can charge more in sponsors down the line. You'll have more episodes and more listens per month for the next few months so you can charge more, and it worked. It worked really well. I basically said that, Joe, all you have to do is show up and he became the brand piece and the distribution piece. He already had hundreds of thousands of followers on social media. The distribution was already there with his existing podcast. There wasn't any extra work for him to do. It was just, hey, here's some content that you can talk about every week as we produce these episodes. And then once he said yes, we ended up adding more brand partners by having guests on the show. We called them guest experts. We had four episodes where we brought in people like Jay Klaus, Daphne Gomez, Alex Grant, and Brian Clark, who together have hundreds of thousands of followers online and decades of experience in this creative space, and that made the product even better. So brand, product distribution, it's all there multiple times as we brought in new partners. And the distribution started to grow as people shared it in their newsletters. Once the episodes came out, they were sharing them on social media, they were commenting on them, they were posting them, they were sharing it through word of mouth. And that first season, we did $45,000 in sponsor revenue and 25,000 downloads in the first season alone. And it's already a top 1.5% podcast globally, which is crazy. And those numbers keep going up week after week after week. The more we talk about them, the more we post, the more we share, the more those listens just keep racking up. I expect that we'll do 40,000, 50,000 downloads in the first year just for the first season, and we've got a second season in the works. So 
One other example, because I really want to drive this home, and this is an example of success and failure, so I want you to pull out the the lessons on both sides here. Um, this last example, Craftsman Creative, this business that hosts this podcast, my business, Craftsman Creative, it actually started as an online course business that I created right at the beginning of the pandemic. So I was creating with partners. The way that I went out and created courses, what I would was I was finding partners who I wanted to create a course for. I knew they had the brand and the distribution pieces. They just lacked the product piece. And in that scenario, what I was bringing to the table, even though it was only one third of this triangle, was valuable enough to end up being 50-50 partners because they had no ability to, for free, um, create a, a course. And that was the pitch. I will do all of the product for no upfront cost and we'll split the revenue 50-50. You just have to bring your distribution to the table. So it worked really well. In two years, we built it into a six-figure business with just like 18 courses on the site. However, because they were responsible for two sides of that triangle, if they didn't do the distribution piece, we didn't have any sales. So now, after learning and implementing this you know, brand partnership uh, triangle into my own business over the last few months and really diving in and fully fleshing out my business, I've realized, wow, we're missing a piece here. We've asked them to be the brand and the distribution, and we're re- completely reliant on them doing it. Maybe we should find other distribution options. So now we're looking at partners, we're looking at ads, we're looking at other ways to bring distribution to the table so that they only have to be the brand. And they can bring in sales for being the brand and they can talk about it on their social media, but their sales aren't completely reliant on them doing so. So that is how we're fixing that problem that we found because we were only uh, really had two sides of the triangle dialed in. We had the distribution piece that was ebbing and flowing month to month. So that expansion is where we're at now. We have all the other pieces in place with that course business that I'm now splitting off of Crafts and Creative and turning into its own business, but I can do that because all the pieces are in place. We have lead generation. We have uh, product. We have engagement through email. We have all the things that we need for that to be successful. We just need more volume as far as traffic and distribution, so we can do that better by it being its own brand. All right, so... What do you do now? Yes, this is hard. A lot of people hear that partnerships are the way to go and they go, I don't know how to do that. And I don't know that I'm valuable and I'm scared to ask. Well, it's okay. It's hard. And I'm glad that you're approaching it from a, a place of humility and that you're humble about it as opposed to being overconfident because the overconfident people tend to ask too much of their brand partners and they end up not getting any. So what you also need to realize is that you have created value in your business. If you have a business with all these systems built out and it's generating new clients and customers on a regular basis, it has revenue, it has profit, and it's resilient, gosh, that's huge. So you have built something valuable. So start by going out with simple partnerships, things like cross promotions. That's where you share each other's content between an audience that's similar in size to yours, but not competitive, right? So I do this a lot with my newsletter. I'll go out to people who are posting weekly newsletters. They've got two, three, 5,000 followers as well, or subscribers. And I say, look, put a plug for my newsletter and yours. I'll put a plug for yours and mine, and we'll help each other grow our audiences. 
That's a partnership. It's a distribution and brand partnership because we're bringing our brand to their product that they've created and saying, hey, you should check this out. And that's the distribution piece. So it's great. It's a great way to get started. And sometimes you can punch above your weight and go, look, I only have 2,500 followers or subscribers, but I have a 50% open rate. So I'm going to go to that person with 10,000 subscribers with the 30% open rate because you've got you know, half as many as they do, but you could say, look, I'll promote it twice if you'll promote it once. And that's a way to get a bigger brand to say yes, because you're pulling more weight. So the truth is that each new partnership, if done right, could represent five, six, even seven figures in revenue to your business. I'm working on a partnership right now that would generate six figures in two months. That's the power of this partnership triangle. Once you start to see the unlimited potential and that people already have an abundance of the piece that you are missing, right? They have abundance in brand awareness or they have an abundance in distribution potential or they have an abundance with a really solid product that you could bring distribution or your brand to. All of a sudden, it just opens up a whole new world of business and what your business could become. Things like affiliates and joint ventures and partnerships and new businesses, new products, new offers, new events. My goodness, there's so much potential out there. And when you have all three pieces in place, the potential is truly unlimited. So you just have to start. <laughs> start start now. Start with people that you already know and have a relationship with and just keep going and do another one and another one and another one and you'll get better and better at it. Now, there will be times when you can partner with bigger creators, but remember, you have to be bringing as much product or distribution or brand to the table as they're bringing brand or distribution or product to the table. Now, remember, if you can, try to just ask for one piece of the triangle. Try not to add for two or ask for two or three because that's too big of an ask. Ask them to bring one thing to the table and show them that you're going to handle the other pieces, and that's what makes a truly great partnership. Expanding your impact, oh gosh, this is where it really, this is where things get crazy <laughs> and awesome, crazy in an awesome way. Expanding your impact happens after your systems are all built out. I, I told you I was going to say that again. I'm going to say it one more time. Don't focus on this early on. This is what happens after you've built out all the systems in your business. Once you're ready, start with just one of these three options we presented today. Either expand your platform or your audience, or start working on partnerships. Trying to do all three at once spreads your focus too thin, and you make zero progress. So on the flip side, if you do one of them well, you're going to create this unlimited potential for growth and expanding your impact. So pick one, platform, audience, or partnerships. Focus on that until it works, and then do the next one. All right, folks, that is it for this five-part series on my new movie framework. Now, as we say in the movies, action! <laughs> it's time to take action. All of this is great information, but but like at this point, you have enough information. You have all the information you need to go and create your business. Now, if you would like help implementing these systems, that's the next step. You have to cross that threshold from information to implementation. Let me say that again. You have to cross this threshold from gathering information 
to taking action and implementing these systems. Now, if you would like help, that is literally what I built Craftsman Creative for. That's why it exists. It exists to help you produce outcomes using this five-part framework and all of these different systems. And it's all about helping you take action in the right way so that you can get the results and outcomes you want as quickly and directly as possible. So I would start by attending one of my upcoming workshops. I do these once or twice a month. Sometimes I do joint workshops, but I've done a few over the last few months, and my goodness, that's just a great way to use an hour of your time really smartly (laughs) because it's not a sales pitch. It's not an hour long sales pitch about why you should join Mike's community. It's not about selling you anything. It's about helping you implement one part of this massive framework and system that is your business. So we've talked about growing your business through content, growing your business through podcasts, increasing your revenue per person. We go into these really specific areas and help you build those out. But recently I just uh, did one covering this whole movie framework in about 90 minutes. And you get that one for free because it's pre-recorded and it only really lives in my Society of Independent Creators, but you get it for free if you sign up for any upcoming workshop. So you really get two for the price of zero. (laughs) or the price of one, which really is just the price of your email. Um, So start there, or if you haven't yet, start by taking one of our free scorecards at scorecard.craftsmancreative.co because that will give you the clarity as far as where your business is right now. And when you're ready to start taking action, hop into one of these workshops, and then we'll present you with the next steps if you're ready at that point. All right, we did it. I really hope you've enjoyed this series. It's been a ton of fun to create and to produce for all of you. Uh, The feedback has been amazing, so I highly recommend, if you haven't yet, create your own framework. It does a lot of cool things for your business when you have a framework. (laughs) I mean, look, I've got five days of email. I've got five podcast episodes. At some point, I'll probably turn them into YouTube videos or something or pay someone else to convert them into (laughs) YouTube videos, right? Um. I really hope that you've enjoyed this, that it's been clarifying, that it's been helpful, and that you now feel empowered to start building and growing your creative business. I want to leave you with this thought that your potential is unlimited. And businesses are such a great way to create the leverage to change the world. And I don't say that metaphorically or... um, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your skirt or anything like that. It's really something I honestly, truly believe that I want a future where creators and artists and business owners like you have all the tools and resources that they need to build businesses that can change the world. I want a future that looks like that, not one that's run by AI where everything looks the same, where every movie looks the same, where every song sounds the same. We need creators like you to go and put art and creativity into the world and create something new and change the world for the better. And my mission is to help you do that by helping you build a business that can support that creative and artistic work full time so that you have the ability and the space to make that impact on the world that you are striving to. So thank you for your time and attention. I hope that at some point I get to work with you. Feel free to reach out at any time, Darren at craftsmancreative.co if you have any questions. And thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone else. And I hope to see you in an upcoming workshop or in the Society of Independent Creators. Take care.